right, folks, you are listening to the Shai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Judea to the world. You're a part of it wherever you are. Shalom and welcome to Malka Fleischer. Thank you so much. So great to have you. Thank you so much, Ishai. Mazal tov on your new microphones. Yes, yes. It's it's a little bit funny to talk about this. Um, but the truth of the matter is uh, all the microphones that I have, which is like five of them, are all from various radio stations that I worked in and, you know, that were being given away, thrown away, inherited in different ways. Uh, and some of them are like 25 years old. Not 25. Yeah, some of them are 25 years old, like been used for 25 years. And the sound was just not making me fully happy. Because we want you to hear this real well. <laughs> yes. We want you to have the most luxurious sound experience possible. That's No, it's true. And, and actually, uh, the next half, back by popular demand, is Rev Mike Foyer, which I, I recorded him live as well. That's, that's fun. Yeah, it's fun. And it was great. I think, I th- I think a good half. You'll be happy with it. Uh, but the uh, the that's recorded with the two old mics. Ah, so you'll tell us. You got to write back and tell us if you hear the difference. Right, you'll hear the difference. And I want to really thank all of our listeners and people who have been buying you coffee. That's right. I'll get to. It. I'll get to. It. I'll get for, to it. for these mics. That's right. Uh, the truth of the matter is, is that uh, I went to my old pal Benjamin. He's got a he's got a very unusual last name, Nikonechny. Benjamin Nikonechny, uh, who works with um, My- Mika, My- Mika or Micha Bloom in uh, in. Jerusalem and they create studios and supply studio sounds. I, I could have bought this in America, but I actually went to my supplier, my dealer. I went to my sound dealer uh, in Jerusalem and I bought two mics. These are the classic uh, SM58 Shures. This is like the industry standard for for vocal mics for for this kind of work. You know, not uh, uh, you know n- not to pick up a lot of sound around. And uh, what can I tell you? I'm I'm just like it's it's fun to do it and and. When you're in, you know, when you're in, when you're in the business of broadcasting, uh, or you want to do, you know, Kiddush Hashem, you got to do it with the right tools. Right. And sometimes Hashem gives us a new tool to do it, to do it right. Uh, and and that's the same thing with uh, the rebirth of the Jewish people in the land of Israel, and even this government that we're dealing with. Like sometimes you just need a, a renewal. And right now there's uh, some talk in our in our in our in our fair country Israel about a renewal. Uh, in the government and and Chevron, for example, where I work, we have tons of renewal right now, Malka. We have tons. Yeah, of you renewal. but you come home pretty tired looking every day because we have Malka. We have the elevator that we're working on. We have the good. Is that going center. up now? I thought that was frozen. The elevator. It's not frozen. It's unfrozen. It's it's got a new problem, but it's going to be okay. Well, it, is it going to be pretty or is it going to be ugly? Tell me the truth. More towards the ugly side, probably. Why? Why? <laughs> No, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be awesome, and what, what, well, it's what, definitely gonna make it accessible to yeah, all people who yeah, want to come up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, after you know, after you eat a big lunch, you don't want to be walking up all those stairs. And <laughs> so then, so then that that's another thing that's happening right next door to that is the Goodnick Center. Chabad is redoing the big Goodnick Center, uh, and we're involved in that as well. Some per- peripherally, and then you go a little a few more steps. You may not be involved in it, but everyone who comes to Chevron, I'm sure, will benefit from. Absolutely, it. absolutely. It's gonna be a big center for everybody. Uh, so the so you have the the new elevators you ha- oh you have the dig the archaeological dig right there next to the Mara. then you have the uh, Goodnick Center then you walk a few steps Beit Rachel and Leah is getting a facelift uh, which is by the Harchivi organization uh, you walk a few more steps you get to the Avram Avinu neighborhood what do you see there we we just yesterday I had to shake my uh, the director general uh, of of Chevron's 
my my direct superior, my my the, the one I answer to in Hebron, other than of course the forefathers and mothers, uh, he has another project, Uri Karzan. Uh, he does wait. It. You had to shake his what? We're all waiting to hear I shook what you his, shook. I, I shook his hand. Ah, yes. Because he's got two major projects happening at the same time, uh, which are so exciting. Uh, one that is exciting. And Chevron, like that may not sound like a big deal. Like, what's the big deal about having two building projects going on at the same time? Like, what are you guys so basic that you don't even know how to do two building projects? That's not what it is. In Chevron, it's it's with all the red tape. It's very, very, very complicated and hard to get stuff moving, especially anything to do with shifting anything, building anything. Absolutely. So the fact that there are two building projects going on simultaneously in Chevron actually is a really big deal. It's huge, and these things are both going to be highly impactful. We're renovating in the Avram Avinu Synagogue. We're next to the Avram Avinu Synagogue in the Avram Avinu neighborhood. We're renovating the guest house. That's going to be real nice. The guest house was already nice. What kind of res- renovations are you guys doing? You know, uh, upgrade of all the rooms, upgrade Ooh. of the kitchen, upgrade of the entrance. So that the entrance will be like a kind of not where it is right now. Oh. And we're creating a little plaza in front of it. We're pushing it. We're pushing kind of the other direction where, where the opening is now. It's going to be opening from the other side. And, and just generally, the whole thing is going to be That's gutted, so redone. And, and it's hopefully- a little bit of a secret dream of mine to run a bed and breakfast. Maybe one day we'll move to Chevron and you guys will let me run that puppy. Okay, maybe that'll happen, okay? You uh, know that's my dream. <clears throat> Malka's Malka's Bistro and Shwarma Bar. Yeah, I took you, I think I took you last Friday. Can you believe that was just last Friday? I took you on a Tiul to Dromhar Chevron, to the Southern Hebron yes, Hills, and beautiful. I took you to Ronel's amazing restaurant. I wish I could eat some of those, of her delicious homemade bread right now. Let's go there tomorrow morning again. <laughs> I don't know if I have time to drive down to the yeah. Southern Hebron Hills for breakfast. Yeah. Given the Pesach situation up in this house. Yeah. Speaking of the Pesach wait, situation. Wait, wait. I didn't finish just yeah, one okay, more thing. Go. Yeah. I just want to tell you that I, I yesterday I smelt the holy smell of of cement being <laughs> mixed and poured out. It's a beautiful sight, really. Comes the cement truck and it's spinning and then it reverses. You made a little video. You put it up on social media, right? No, that video oh, is that video is internal. I, I'm not ah. going to be sharing it with everybody because uh, there's a lot of bad guys out there that want right. to stop us. And in that video, you see who the cement folks oh, are. The company and, is and all that. I don't want to. I don't want to get involved with that. So, uh, but just to, I, I, I got to tell you something. What a pleasure it is to see cement being mixed and that cement coming out from the rear of the. <laughs> of the uh you make it the sound spinner, so the, visual what's it called the i don't know some cement truck and then that cement truck spills it out into this like the, into this long piping I, there's there's proper yes. names for these All things right. but this Keep is like us a, going on the journey of the cement a, a, the, there's like a pipe truck and it like what it does it takes cement and it and it like gets it to the spot that you need it to and it pours it down the i guess cement pour it's called probably and then just to see the uh, micropile working. Micropile? Micropile. It's a, it's, a, it's a machine that basically creates these uh, pillars in the earth that are the foundations around which... You ever look into a building site like early on when they just have a hole and it looks like on the sides they have like these, like, uh, like these underground pillars yeah. and you're like, where's that from? That's oh. from a machine called a micropile. Huh. And I'm, I am no expert, but anyway, I filmed yesterday and this dust was coming on me and it smelled and I was like... Ah, you got to watch out to not breathe in that stuff. Though, it probably. was just it was just great. It was it was the smell and, and, and taste of Geula of <laughs> redemption uh, and more and more awesome projects are happening right now. And 
really, I, I had to shake Uri's hand and, and give him a big yesher koach and, uh, and, and a bliayin hara, of course, because there's a lot of things that want to stop us from moving forward. And, and yesterday was a very dusty day. On yes. top of that, on a dusty day, and Noam, Noam Arnon, Dr. Noam Arnon told me that this dusty air comes in always before Passover, and it is a result of the Jewish women cleaning their houses. <laughs> and he says it's kind of like a famous kind of weather pattern that <laughs> comes right funny. before Pesach. You know, it's just like just like Moses when he threw up the dust and it, it became lice, you know? Wow. It's like the, the Jewish women are cleaning, so like the whole Middle East air, you know, is, is, is dirtied. Uh, but today is a cleaner uh, air day. And you are indeed getting ready for Passover. Yes, we're trying. We're trying around here. We. I tried to get into the cleaning, you know, slowly, methodically. Yes. I envision, though, next week being what it usually is, despite all my best efforts, which is a wild, frenetic, mad dash to the finish line. But we have, but we have a, a tradition that that gets us through it a little bit. Right. We have this tradition, which is that we put on old school music that we used to listen to back in the day. Yeah. And you and I stay up at like. Midnight, the wee, the wee hours, koshering the like kitchen and stuff like that, listening to these old school songs, elevating them, that's if right. you will. That's right, absolutely, absolutely. Who who would have thunk that uh, you know some Bon Jovi would uh, <laughs> would be? We part don't. Of- I don't listen to that stuff during the year. That's the yeah. truth. Right. Um. But like on Pesach, when we're when we're cleaning out the chametz, we yeah. bring it back. That's where we bring it back, and we we take out the chametz a little bit. Uh. Speaking of, we also met one of our uh, listeners and friends, Brenda, from Alaska. And I'm wearing this awesome hat of her uh, firing range. She did not range. bring the blubber that I was hoping for. No, no, but that's okay. Bring. She was really great, and she brought a pal. Well, we shared with her we, our blubber. Which yes, we, we went shared. to the Humus place. Yeah, we, we shared us. We got some. together, and she got us a really cool. Read that quote on the side, Ishai. Well, she has a beautiful hat for from her um, shooting range and training facility, which is called Majority Arms. And then she brought us a beautiful hat. And what does it say on the side? You it want says, me to read it or you? One man with, with courage is a majority. Bam. Thomas Jefferson. Although I don't think the math is exactly right on that, but <laughs> I li- I like the I like the uh the thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So so thank you very much, Brenda, and I'm very happy to, I'm proud to be wearing this hat these days. And I also want to thank some more people that, that have been um, writing to me. I have some pe- I have a listener email also, so you read yours and I'll remind you. I got it from Hinda. Hinda. Hinda writes. She says I've been listening via iTunes for more than 15 years. Wow. <clears throat> Especially remembering the travesty of the shameful 2005 evacuation of Gush Katif. Ouch. I, I too, by the way, live with that trauma and memory all the time. I've only been to Eretz Israel. I have only been to Eretz Israel once, but to me it is home. Oh. May Israel thrive uh, with your version of the Obama-Biden in office. And elect the true lover of Zion to Lizol, to Lysol, to Lysol out the trefa that this administration allowed in. I mean, to say clean it out. Yeah. Like, this is Pesach time, right? Right. Okay. Uh, and she says, Hebron is in my heart forever. Never show weakness. Nice. So, One man with courage. So you see that Hinda knows what it's all about. Yes. She, she knows how to clean out chametz. And I, by the way, am, am, uh, am at least... Going to nominate Hinda for, uh, for one of the ministerships, ministerial <laughs> uh, cabinet member yes, for sure. Absolutely. She clearly knows she uh, what's trafe and what's not trafe. She gets it. Speaking of trafe and not trafe, that is like the theme of the day. Right. Have you noticed that? Like, yeah. the, I don't know if you guys are following, and by the time you listen to this, who even knows what's going to go down? Right. 
But we had we our whole government is destabilized over chametz. Yeah. Which I like, by the way. I'm down with that symbolism, and I'm I'm happy about it. Now I don't know about this Edith Silman and whether I like forgive her all the way or not for being part of this uh, coalition. But in the meantime, sh- there was a big fight over whether uh, there's been a fight for years and years and years as to whether like bread products should be allowed and leavening, basically chametz should be allowed into hospitals during passover where does this even come from is it that like there's certain jews who can't get by without their sandwich that's not exactly it although they kind of make it out to be like a freedom of religion thing it more has to do with the fact that there are people in this country who don't celebrate passover right and they want to bring in what they want right they want to bring in their lafa or their pita or whatever it is right but then there's this law that you're not supposed to have chametz freely circulating in your society, even amongst non-Jews during Passover. That's an actual thing. Now, we don't really go around to... Especially to, institutions, schools, government. Right, and we don't... It's not like we're running into Druze villages and, like, confiscating their pitas, okay? You know what I'm saying? It's like we, we don't, like, exactly enforce this in a, like, Torah hardcore way. But they're like, listen, this is the hospital. They're, they're different people. Stuff can be floating around. You're sharing a room with another person. It could be a Jew or a non-Jew or whatever. And you want to like, have no chametz. People are nervous about chametz on Pesach. You're not supposed to have chametz. So for years, they've been having an argument. No, you should. It's a freedom thing. You can't, you can't uh, do religious coercion. And then the other people are like, what do you mean? This is a Jewish state. What are we even talking about? Forgo your flipping pizza for a week. Eat rice. Like, what are we talking about? Rice cakes. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you don't have to be like a super Hungarian. You could do it a Sephardi style, right? And there's, there's plenty of food. There's plenty of food. Right. And now they make like the gluten-free breads and stuff. Like, give it a yeah, rest. You know what right. I'm saying? There's, there's bread. So then you it's had just not chametz right, bread. Right? Come it's on. Not bread. So then, so then Edith Sleeman was like, I can't take it anymore. No, she can't take what? She's like, I'm not going to be in a government that is going to compromise. You didn't the say. Jewish... You didn't say what the government was doing. Go ahead. No, go ahead. That they they were trying to pass a law to say like, yeah, you can you can have that. Chametz. You can bring that. That this was going to be the government that said, no, you can. You can you bring, can bring chametz, chametz for Pesa. Into the hospitals. Right. Into the hospitals. And she's just like, now this government has been a controversy for a while. Anyway, this government has been like, has really raised the ire of religious people in certain, in many sectors because it's been kind of like wanting to do all these reforms. It did all this big Rabbanut reform and and trying to do kashrut reform trying to do western wall reform trying to do all these things that people are just like wait a second like we don't want this stuff and then you had edith silman who's like a religious seemingly like a i don't know what's going on inside her heart but like a seemingly a religious person and and she's part of it and then just this thing this argument over whether to have chametz in the hospital she was just like no i'm not Right. I'm not like this. <clears throat> this was the straw that broke the camel's back. And it it really was a big surprise for people. Like I was not expecting to see this piece of news at all. And I think a lot of people are are smiling, basically, for m- numerous reasons. One, because um, because people are kind of ready to see a coalition change. I think um, not everyone, but a lot of people. And also because like chametz, like the the like a simple Jewish identity moment 
That's like the most it. simple, right. like not political, not. I mean, it was very political, but like, like the, oh, like something that's seemingly very, very basically Jewish for this like little Jewish, tiny little Knesset member. Lady. Lady. Who's, who's like herself, obviously, very concerned about Chametz in her home for Pesach. Right. Like, it's just very regular Jewish kind of. And so it, I think it makes people smile. And Netanyahu also seized uh, the moment and he was talking right. about how it's like Passover and we escape from escape from uh, uh, slavery. And right. so too, it's breaking. And I, it's uh, breaking. It's it's Passover Passover cleaning and right. Well, I'm not it. sure that everybody like wants Netanyahu back though. I'm not. I'm like not, you bring in Netanyahu and, not, and you're right. Like he is the head of the opposition. Well, but, the, uh, the polls show that people do want him. People do want him. But I'm saying it's not like everyone's like, oh my gosh, we just desperately need BB. I'll back. tell you the truth. I, I agree with you, and I'm glad yeah. you said that because <clears throat> people think that just because you're against this opposition doesn't mean that you're uh, necessarily. Uh, you should know that if you're against this opposition, does not mean. If you're in opposition to this government, does not mean that you are pro Netanyahu per se. Don't don't think that. Right. Like, it's not like or Bibi or Bennett. It doesn't have to be like. It shouldn't have to be like that. There's no question that Netanyahu is a great personality and a great representation for Israel. But at the same time, um, we all know that so many of the diseases and problems that this country has are really products of the period of time that Netanyahu was in power. Right. My my like writer of right wing friends, they're all like, What are you talking about? Netanyahu is the guy that allowed right. so he much of this stuff this to happen. You know, all the protection money that we pay to Bedouins in the in the south and then the thievery of land and and, 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 and farming terror in the in the in the Galilee and terror the, in the, Judea. Right, and, and, and a weapons caches and all that. So it's like it's like, do me a favor. Like, what do you? Are you really saying that, like, if Netanyahu comes in, things will be better? Like, he allowed the situation to happen. This government that's currently is only exacerbating that. But like, anyway, you know, one hopes, one hopes, and one does not have ultimate faith. And one, one things, one of the things I've learned in is never, is never to have you know too much faith in politicians, and just to keep keep those keep that uh, you know belief in them, kind of subdued. But the bottom line is that if Netanyahu or anybody else from the nationalist camp gets back into power, which they will eventually because that's just the makeup of the state of Israel right now. Um, they got to be real. And I tweeted that yesterday in Hebrew. I'm like, you got to be real. I hope that you are, uh, when you get back into power, you can actually take care of real business. That's what Israelis uh, actually want. I mean, the truth is, though, whatever. I hope that these people maybe learn something during this period, but I, I would like to see some new people, too. And that's always been my criticism of Israeli politics is that there's not enough primaries. There's not enough openness. There's not enough opportunity to shift things, change things, bring in fresh blood. It's very, very difficult. But you know what's going to fix that, Malka? Your Passover cleaning. <laughs> if you keep it in mind. And so here's an idea for the International Torah Congregation. Okay. And for Jews around there. When you clean your house for chametz, yeah. don't just get rid of chametz. Do it with a spiritual eye. Like, let's get rid of the internal chametz of, of That's our That's really our pride, what you're supposed to right? be but doing, let's, yes. Let's also excise it from our nation. You know, because right now, if it wasn't for pride, we'd have a nationalist government. <clears throat> if it wasn't for fear of the Gentiles and of other nations, uh, we'd also be doing a lot better. And if it wasn't for our own fear of our own identity, and Passover is about all those things. Right. It's about taking your identity. It's about not fearing the nations. It's about believing in God. Uh, and so... You, we have a, a, a lot of 
a lot of ideas. And I'm, right now around this house, there's all kinds of noises happening. All kinds of people are talking to us. And that's because uh, the reason all the folks are talking to us is because uh, we're, we're cleaning for Pesach. So there's all kinds of pauses here in the middle. We'll take a little pause for a second. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> the Pesach cleaning is happening. It's swirling around us. Right. We got we got Joe came in right now into the house in order to fix some of the uh, some, fly nets. Yeah, the, the mosquito, mosquito nets. nets. Yeah. And we have, uh, what's this nice lady's name? Katy. Katy, right? She's a, a Spanish speaker. She's coming to help clean to the house right the, now. Yeah, get the house and, together. And we don't speak Spanish, so we called our friend Jake. All the we way called in Arizona. Arizona. That was awesome. That was like a real um, modern moment. There. That's right, Malka. I, I also um, I just want to tell you there's a, uh, there's a few other people who also have helped on the uh, buy me a coffee. That's awesome. Yeah, I just want to read this to you for a second. Well, Hi. one of those people is Krista. Right. Krista's always buying you coffee. I want to read her her email. Okay. Um, she sent me an email. Yep. She and I are in touch a little bit. And if you can believe it, Yishai, last week at this time, we were talking about terror attacks in Israel. Of course I believe it. I remember it very well. It's crazy how time flies and what the Jewish mind is like. Right. Um, But this, just just not so long ago, we were burying people. Absolutely. It's hard to kind of remember that. Right. So here's what she wrote me. Hi, Malka. I just listened to the latest show and wanted you to know I've been heartbroken, horrified, and furious during the last days over what's happening with the violent murders and attacks there. I'm finding myself more angry at the Israeli government than ever before for not addressing this head on, which is definitely a longer conversation. What I wanted to tell you is I purchased tickets for my daughter and I to go to Israel. Mm. Then the next morning, the Beersheba murders were in the news. And in the next days, the murders in Bnei Brak and then more, making my husband understandably nervous. But what I thought to myself is this is my way of fighting back. I obviously can't bring my gun And I have no say in Israeli politics, but I can show up. I can bring my money to spend on Israeli hotels, Israeli taxis, Israeli food, and Israeli tourist trinkets. And I knew my church travels to Israel every other year, but they just happen to be going around the same time as my daughter and I. The tour has 58 people this year. Nice. Terror will not win. And one day, please Hashem, let it be soon. He will set all things right. Amen. Much love and many blessings on you and your family. May Hashem protect and keep you. Krista. Thank you. Thank Thank you, Krista. Krista. Thank you for your friendship and support and have a great tour. Yes, we can't wait. And when you get here, you call me. That's right. And you let me know that you're here and we'll meet up. Bezrat Hashem. Bezrat Hashem with God's help. And also make sure that your group comes to Hebron. We'd love to see you at the Tomb of the Forefathers and Mothers. So thank you, Krista. And Kaz writes, Hi, Isha, I love your show. It makes me feel like I'm in the land. XXX, love Malka, too. XXXX. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Kaz. And that's at buymeacoffee.com for slash And also, uh, my friend Ben Hindle, who has been a friend of mine for many years, uh, gives me three Israeli flags and writes, Thank you for all you do. Israel is better for it. Baruch Aww. Hashem. And now a long letter. Um, about the convert wedding that we went to ah. of our uh, friends from North Carolina who came and and are making their life here, writes Stephen. He writes, Ishain Malka, I listen to your show weekly. I just want to say that I'm a huge fan of what you do for Am Israel and Israel. Thank and, you so much. Uh, it is a blessing to the world. Kola Kavod. I listened to this week's show, and I just have to say that the interview you did with that German guy from the wedding was unbelievable. I drive around all day for work, so I used the opportunity to listen to Torah Wow, but when I heard you. this amazing man tell his story, I was brought to tears. Wow, just wow, all caps. What an inspiring story. And just reinforces that Hashem is always doing his thing. 
his thing. And it's always <laughs> thing. Yeah, he's doing his thing. Yeah, he's doing his thing. And it's always in our lives and directing us to become closer to him and his Torah. This man is telling a story and I'm at a light and all of a sudden I just start crying. Oh. My heart in the sham exploded with joy and I couldn't keep it in. I'm a Jew in diaspora and in the last seven years I've started to do tshuva myself. Wow. I completely related to his story and it was just another message from Hashem telling me that I'm on the right path. Amazing. No matter what obstacles I come across that I needed just ufaratsta, like means explode out. Explode out. outwards. Right. And keep bursting forward. I was in Israel in 2019 right before the, what does this mean? The vid hit, what, what, V-I-D hit. What does he mean by that? I don't know. And I'm planning to return. Uh, oh, COVID? Oh, yeah, yeah, COVID, yeah. Oh, the vid. Okay, thanks, Leah. <laughs> Leah chimed in from from around there. Uh, and I'm planning to return in October, November 2022. God willing, God willing. I hope to meet you in person just to thank you for bringing light to this insane world. I buy you a cup of coffee in Hebron, a real cup. Nice. Thank you for all you do. May Hashem continue to bless you and your family. I'm Israel Chai. Steve. Thank oh, you, man. Steve. What a beautiful letter. And I wrote back to him, Steve, thank you for the great email, and I'm looking forward to that coffee with you in Hebron. Bless Steve, you are on the right path, buddy. Amen, amen, of course, of and course. Hashem should protect you on your ways. Oh, Hashem, help us help us like see you more more clearly Amish. and follow you it's more nearly. It's a beautiful thing. When, yeah, <laughs> you know I love I mean? you more dearly. And we'll love you more dearly and see that you are indeed... Uh, making yourself be more known to mankind at this time through the gathering of the Jewish people to the land of Israel. Maka Fleischer, I'm already late to work. Yeah, I have sorry. to run. Uh, we have a great half uh, backed by popular demand, and I mean that literally, backed by popular demand, popular demand that br- I brought uh, Rav Mike Foyer back to the show, and I got to do it the best way, which I like it, which is face-to-face. And we just have a chemistry when we do that. That's so nice. Uh, so that's coming up right now. I want to thank Moshe Herman, Ben Bresky, Yocheved, uh, Lou, and Tabitha for make, getting the show out to the world. Thank you so much to the team. <clears throat> I want to thank the people who make these Sure microphones. They are sure are good. Surely good microphone. <clears throat> and um, <laughs> We're like coughing from all the dust in the, the air. The, there's dust in the air the, and, and the house all is the dusty. All the chemicals. Yeah, all the stuff. Uh, so Bizrat Hashem. And I want to wish everybody uh, God's blessings and continue to be part of the great story and, and get out that chametz from inside and take, just like Steve, one step closer to Hashem. And if we have any part of that, that is the greatest, hugest chud in the world. Mamash. I think we'll have another show before the Chag Malka. Oh, do so, we? It's all like, bl- to me, it feels like we're just like, no, no, you no. know, that water at the end of the bathtub that's like, like yeah. swirling down. That's what I feel like. There's still so. more time Okay, before. great. Well, well, hog preparations, Samaya. There you go. More great stuff is on the way. Stay tuned and shalom. You are listening to the Israel Podcast with Ishai Fleischer. Broadcasting live from Judea to the world. And you are a part of it wherever you are. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Yishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Jerusalem to the world. You're a part of it wherever you are, and indeed, I am in Jerusalem today at the beautiful JNS offices. So fun to be here at Jewish News Syndicate, uh, and uh, we're not actually uh, here to just do news. We're here to, to talk spirituality uh, and and maybe geopolitical spirituality, uh, and we are joined by our beloved Rav Mike Foyer. Rav Mike, shalom and welcome. Oh, shalom, Yishai. I think they actually call that messianic. When you talk about geopolitical spirituality, okay, uh, that, that maybe <laughs> let's, let's just call it what it is, man. Don't be afraid. Well, it's messianic, the time. messianic is it's a season uh, of redemption. You, you know, l- look, the word messianic for me, I have like a 
small allergy to it. Okay, not a big allergy. That's good because right now the allergies are as bad as they get. So yeah, you had a big allergy, allergy when I said it, you'd have killed. I over. guess what you mean that it's messianic, so it's allergy season. It I, is the season of redemption. New. That's right. And I want to tell you that I have a new way that you say messianic. I have. I have now. Uh, you know, there's this technique. You, you know, in 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 the in the in the in the spiritual what do you call it spiritual guidance spiritual counseling counseling the counseling world there's this thing that i read which is like you kind of transfer let's say you walk past a cinnabon and you're like i want that cinnabon so you make it with yourself a kind of deal that every time you see cinnabon you think salad <laughs> your little little uh, word transfer there yeah there's like a thing okay you say messianic i think king david i'm like good how do i make king david and his Reign and his name bigger in this world, and in fact, I know that 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 one of the things that you and I really share is uh, a passion for Shmon Esra, the eighteen benedictions prayer, which is actually nineteen. Nineteen, that's right, eighteen plus one, and and we are Jews after all, right? Exactly, it's whatever number you think. We always have a we always have it's, a different version of that same. It's number. close though. It's yeah. close, but but you know, there's this um, this there's this blessing about the plant of david the sh- the, the roots of david, Semach, the, david right the the what do they call that flowering the flowering of i don't know the, 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 there's reeds of of king david the shooting the shoots reeds, right yeah. uh, so so shoots, okay, so we have shoots. a prayer about that like i really try to contemplate king david's majesty uh, king david's kingdom and i want to also like make that more part of normative life like that we have this we have we resurrect the consciousness of king david as a king in our life um you know it's funny the word majesty there it's hard for me to actually associate it with David, even though, of course, it belongs, because I think so much in the the, the personal. Like I, th- I think of him as, as as the reality, right? Like majesty is an idea. It's big. But I'm thinking of his life experience and the struggles to make it happen. You know, like that's that's the piece that excites me about trying to make that not so much like the the majesty of the kingship. I feel like it's far off it's, it's on the horizon. When you speak to I UAE wanna... Arabs, yeah, and they're like they're like Daoud, that was a great king. David, they like they they, 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 they like they're like. There's a thing which oh, they they've had kings in their near past closer than we have. I mean, like that's my point. It's hard for me to really get my head around the even the desire for the for the figure. Right? And, and I have a hard time understanding. See, it's funny. For me, I'm like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I, c- I could get that. I could get behind that. Like a, a dude coming on a donkey and fixing everything, that's what I have a hard time fixing my, my mind around. But if you give me like, king, oh, you mean King David, and I should promote his name and his honor and his prestige around the world, and that there's this king and he's he rules in Jerusalem, I can get that. That I can understand better. Oh, he has he want and he's got this thing. He wants to build a temple and he wants more Jews to be in his land. I get that. Uh, and and when his from his strength comes a kind of world peace because he's you know a, you know a, a a king that sets a tone for the whole world. That I can. That I can. The world could help. Could use a tone setting. Right. <laughs> it, it, right. Definitely right. a little bit shrill out there. Okay, let's uh, first thing I, I want to say that uh, uh, the reason I, I, I really sought out to, to see you today and to come to Jerusalem was mainly to escape my wife's uh, efforts to get me to work in the house and clean. Just kidding. Oh, oh, I'll be oh. back soon there enough. Uh, this is going to be published next week. But what I, what, I, what, I, what, 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 what I was joking about but it is serious is that we're in the uh, 
uh, Pesach season. We're in the we're in the the month of Nisan. We just had Rosh Chodesh Nisan, which has many crowns, including the first day that the menorah was lit, the first time that 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 the um, priests gave out their tripartite priestly blessing, okay, and many other things having to do with with the beginnings of the tabernacle, uh, and there's many other things, including by the way Nadav and Avihu being zapped. And uh, the sons of, of Aaron, which also makes the first of Nisan the only Rosh Chodesh that is also a partial fast day for some the, for the righteous. Some people fast on Rosh Chodesh Nisan because of the death of Nadav and Avihu. Mm-hmm. Somebody's been reading Book of Our Heritage, and <laughs> uh, and and oh, and I, speaking of that, I want to remind people. I haven't said this in a long time. If you need books to understand Judaism, the two books that I recommend, I recommend three books. One. You were Jewish, after all. The Stone <laughs> Chumash, the Stone Art Scroll Stone Edition Chumash Pentateuch, the the five books of Moses, blue uh, uh, Chumash. We call it five books of Moses. It's called Stone Edition Art Scroll. Second book is Book of Our Heritage by Eliyahu Kitov. Sometimes it comes in three parts, and the other one is the Prime Ministers. Okay, so the, two books in three parts, or three books in three parts? It, it is. I, I'm saying two plus one here. The two Jewish books, and if you need a little understanding on Israel. I think the prime ministers is the best of the books, and a heck of a read. And that's why. not that Kitov doesn't read well. No, yeah, but, but, and the Bible, well. but but there's nothing like the prime ministers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so so there you go. So that that's my my three books. Anyway, I want to get to 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 ask that's my question. So I'm I'm learning Mishnah Psachim, mm-hmm. and I see that Rabbi Gamliel towards the end there says that if somebody doesn't say the following three things or doesn't remember or mention the following three things, it's like he didn't do Passover. You missed it, and that is Pesach. Matzah and Maror, which is Passover, the Paschal Lamb. But he says, no, specifically the skipping over of God when he, when he jumped over the Jewish houses. And the second one is Matzah, which is this, this unleavened bread, this cracker bread, or maybe it's a soft bread, but yeah, it's, a, but it's an under... What are you calling cracker? That's right. Uh, but it's this bread that was done in haste as we were leaving Egypt. Hasty and Maror, hasty bread... Hasty but tasty. Hasty and not quick rising. That's the name of the show. Hasty but not, but still tasty. And but not quick rising. But not quick rising. That's right. Uh, and finally, maror, which is bitter herbs, reminding us of the bitterness of Egyptian slavery. Here was my first question. All right. I was like, wait a minute. That is the wrong order. Shouldn't it be maror, bitterness of the slavery? Then, uh, then skipping over the houses, Pesach. And finally, matzah on the way out of Egypt. <laughs> it, 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 chronologically speaking, it's like there was, it was bitter. Then God skipped over our houses and he killed the bad guys. And then we left, but we had to leave in haste. Well, there's, I mean, if it's chronology that you want out of it, so I hear what you're saying, to just get the linear approach to the story. But if you make it Pesach matzah umaror, so then you kind of pull each of those things out of the linear chronology and start to put them into relation to each other. So right away, that's a benefit. I mean, what um, the Mishnah, why it presents Pesach, Matzah, Umar in that order, we'd have to look more deeply into the explanations that you were going to. If I'm going to go on the top of my head, it's, you know, the, the, uh, it, it's an exceptional night. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that <clears throat> in that way, the Dore Doro to the, through the generations, that's the piece that may be hardest to hold on to. Because it was clear there was an exceptional night 
in the story itself, right? right. They were there in the house and with the blood and on the and door. It's and called an exceptional movie yeah, in many ways. Yeah, but that's what I meant. Like in terms of they'll, yeah, but but when you're talking about the specific, like God skipped over the houses, made that exception. Uh-huh. So so ah. it's so it's hard to hold on to that. Uh-huh. This year it's gonna fall out on that night. Can I do it last year? And I'm gonna do it again next year. What's really so exceptional? Mm-hmm. You try. We try. Everything's built. Try to mm-hmm. make it exceptional, right? So um, matzah, because it's really the base on which we tell the story, right? Even though um, it plays its role in how the events actually unfolded. It's in so much, you know, Reb Shlomo used to call matzah vitamin M, right? You, know, you got to have a little bit of that, right, to, to keep you going. And, and that's that, that intergenerational story. It's not the exceptional night this. It's that we're still in this story because for most of our history, we've told that story in one way or another, shibut. Right. One level of, of um, bondage. subjugation, bondage. You know, someone recently asked me, you know, like it's clear in the Tanakh, that that Pesach, at least for the majority of Am Yisrael, was not an every year event. In Mikdash, in the Temple, I'm sure the Kohanim and all the you know the crazies there in Jerusalem were in every year. But you see very clearly in the kings periodically, as I'm sure you're familiar with, had these revivals, and they would do Pesach, Chizkiyahu, and Yoshiyahu, and that. So the, it, people say, oh, it's so surprising. And you're like, like, how could they have not done that? I would say, you know, the truth is, it's not hard to imagine. When we were in exile, if we didn't do Pesach, we wouldn't be us. Right. We just, it just wouldn't happen. And all the Jews that stopped doing Pesach aren't there anymore, or there would be descendants. They're in the land. Yes, yeah, festival is good, our history, you know, but like, they're living the life. They, have, they don't have the subjugation. Right. You know, and but, but, that's, but that's maybe exactly the point, which is, and may, maybe now you've tied in exactly why the Mishnah says a person must see himself as though he's left uh, bondage every day. I got to tell you something crazy happened over Shabbat. Mm-hmm. I went to a mutual friend of ours' house Who for Shabbat dinner. That's right. And that house came to eat with us a black American preacher, a bishop. A bishop. That's just not, Full not on. Just, I was going to say, that's not just your average preacher. I mean, that's right. quite, quite, in what church? you remember? The Martin Luther King Jr. Baptist. Yeah. The, 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 the folks that are continuing the Martin Luther King Jr. track. Oh, I mean, it, within his particular set of... It doesn't matter. I'll, I'll let In it any go. case, <laughs> yeah. In any case... Sorry. Uh, uh, side. And, and we had a fascinating discussion. Great. So, partially also with some discomforts but, but, and, and definitely some surprises. But he blew my mind away with one phrase, though. Uh-huh. He says to me, he goes, um, he goes, could you imagine anybody telling Jewish people like... Why are you always reminding about that slavery? Why are you guys always remembering that slavery? That's what he said to. He's like, he's like, imagine saying that. He's like, he's like, our identity was built around uh, our our American, Black American, and I'm using the term that he used. Black American identity uh, is built around uh, our slavery. That's what made us into a nation not so long ago. And so, like, you guys remember it every day, and certainly every year. He's like twice daily, right? And then people, and he says, and then, and then he says. White evangelical folks, they come up to me and they say to me, why are you always talking about slavery? That's what he says to me. <laughs> oh, man. You don't, no, but you know what the truth is? I was like, uh, the truth is, the tr- in truth. In truth. Please. What I was, when, when he was first talking about it, there was a part of me that's like, why are you always talking about slavery? Oh, yeah? yeah, yeah. There was a part of me that's like. <laughs> 
Look, there's some differences because the black American, uh, uh, the the African Americans, the black the black Americans, they stayed in the same country, never left, yeah, and became. That's now it's one of the biggest challenges. There's, right. It's very hard to construct a redemption narrative out of the leaving of slavery there. Right. I mean, there's a, there's a reason we went out in the drama, got the Torah, built our land, the temple. I mean, it, right. okay, the Diana aside, which is true. I don't mean to dismiss it, but it, it, it's a redemptive story. One right. of the challenges I see for, for black America is it's very hard to tell a redemptive story. Right, right. Uh, and maybe that's part of why they're trying to now connect with connect up with Israel. Just just between me and you, just as, 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 though, we're, as though we're off air. Yeah, some of them. As, the, as though we're off air, just between me and you. Uh-oh. One being of, recorded. One of the... One of the one of the things that I noticed is a problem in our discourse, and it took me time to figure this out, was that the black community is tied into the Democratic Party. Yeah. And so the Democratic Party doesn't is not the way I understand that stands with Israel today so much. Not, I, as, a, not as a foundation of cultural assumption. Right. And even more than that. Or in a many political ways, assumption. Well, even, yeah. and, and they also stand very much for... Palestine two-state solution, Israel's an occupation, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah sure. So, progressive right, so, uh, vision. Right, so, so there you go. And, and, and the, the, here are conservative values people who are Christian and would be on the side of their co-religionist white evangelical folks, but they're not for various reasons, partially economic and partially, and, and partially that lends to why they vote Democratic and 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 so I had to disabuse him of the notion. By the way, one of the things that he was completely dumbfounded about was like, I'm like, you know, APAC does not stand for the things that we stand for. I said to him, and, and you know, the real Israel is not APAC. You understand that? There's, and I said to him, you're a Bible person. APAC is not a Bible organization. Self consciously not. I would anyway, say. Anyway, anyway, we had. You could tell it was just a very interesting discussion. Uh, but but anyway, the, the 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 bottom line for for the for, for the purposes of this show today. Is that I'm just saying, here's the people who reminded me, like, yeah, like in many ways we have an identity that comes out of that. And then I want to ask you basically, like, what is that? What is that? What is that post-slavery identity? Like, like I may mouth that, but I don't know if I feel, you know, uh, that I'm I'm a person liberated from from Egyptian bondage every day. So listen, uh, there's a beautiful Torah of Cook. Who tries to understand? This is an introduction, by the way, in in his commentary on the on the sitter. He's got he's got a Haggadah there, so you should take a look at it if you have Olat Ria, where he says that there's a reason that Biur Chametz and Cherut come together. That the obligation to drive out any leaven from within our borders comes bound up with the desire for real freedom. Remember, because there's two sides to freedom. There's liberation. You can leave Egypt, but then there's freedom. Like, what do you do with it? Who to become? And Rav Cook's essential argument is that cherut, when we speak about zman cherutenu, right, which is a specific word that we translate as freedom, but there's also, you know, chofesh, there's the chinam, there's it's, dor. It's more, it's more like liberty. Well, in the American uses, although I like liberation as freedom from as opposed to freedom of, yeah, but, but what's fascinating is it actually isn't in the Torah, you know. As a word, it's not in the Torah at all. Cherut, mm-hmm. right? The the sages we have dror and we have chofesh and you have chinam. You don't have right cherut, right? Right, and the sages, however, put their finger on it. Where you know the drasha, whether you're thinking of it right now or not. Right, cherut ala luchot. Right, that right. the words were engraved on the luchot. Right, don't read this. Right, so so when we speak about the post 
slavery liberated consciousness, you know, what we're speaking about is the ability to live the Torah. But what Cook adds is, and, and it needs to be done as a true expression of self. Because he says that anything which which um, subjugates us and suppresses the Tzalem Elohim, that side of the godly, or that ray of the divine light that each of us let out into the world, that's subjugation. So you can have a slave who's actually free, he says, you know, to really have that light and you have your consciousness right. right. You can take my body, you can't take my soul. Right. And plenty of free people out there who are living in intense subjugation mm-hmm. and thinking that they're not, right? Well, I, I found something rough cook about that that I want to ask you about. I found, um, uh, truth be told, it was actually my brother-in-law who showed me this. Shame Omro. Uh, that's right. And, and he showed me that Rav Cook says, I mentioned it on the show that you weren't on. I said, um, he said, Rav Cook writes, there, a Jew's got to know how to make distinguishments uh, between man and woman, between holy and profane, between, uh, and he says, between liberty and slavery. Yeah. And he says the problem is there are situations in which you think you're free, but in fact you're in the deepest subjugation. Yeah. And he says that is the greatest, it's like a stare steer, like I'm in, a, I'm in such a subjugation that I don't even know it. Yep. And I thought to myself, if there was a time that, that, that you think you're in freedom, but you might be in subjugation, it's today. Uh, especially vis-a-vis addiction, addiction to the internet, addiction to, to Twitter, whatever it is, social media. My, mo- my wife said, and, and it's so funny that it's so apropos. She said, the Gentiles in the world needs a Sabbath today. Just they could break the cycle of addiction. And you could see, and I could, now I see it now, Trumpism to COVIDism to Ukrainianism. It's like, it's like we are stuck in, in, in perpetual, uh, uh, what is it called, uh, outrage and, and, and well, addiction. Looking, and on some level, it's a, it's a searching for stimulus that will give us right. some sense of meaning right. because we've defined freedom as the freedom from, for so long, from want, from, from fear of others, from you know, fill in the blank, and, and, and the socioeconomic and political structures we've built to be able to pursue it have succeeded outrageously. I mean, let's face it, I, mean, I grew up in a world in which we're about as free, certainly materially, and even politically from, for the most part, there's sure. any, any human being had ever been and and how many of our friends or peers you know went off the deep end into further sensory exploration let's say right and that addiction becomes much easier to spread when it's really truly just a distraction like you're speaking about in terms of pouring our consciousness into these little screens that we all carry around mm-hmm. even though we know that the brain often works exactly the same way biochemically right when interacting with them as it would with even some hard drugs so so it's literally an expression of not knowing what to do with ourselves mm-hmm. once we've been liberated from. And that goes back to what you said, which is how like, every day I'm supposed to remind myself twice a day that I, was, I too was a slave in Egypt. How do I experience that? Well, the question really is, what do you do with your freedom? Right, right. I, th- I, th- I, think, I, think, I think you've said it really well that basically it's not so much like I experienced slavery. It's like have that in order to experience freedom. Yeah, what am I, wait, if I'm actually free, what does that mean? What am I right, doing? Right, right. That's very good. Okay, that's true. Um, we didn't get to the morrow, by the way. Yes, but the okay. Pesach, Matzah, morrow. Yeah. The morrow is easy, right? Because if you, it's, it's the easiest thing in the world to forget about the bitterness of life. It is. Oh yes. Really? I, I thought Jews are constantly uh, like fetching, fetching, you know, and complaining. Not, not the Jews I know. No, but here what I'm saying is that like real bitterness uh, as something like why like I like to take a good sized chunk of horseradish. Right. You know, I know like the machloket out there. Not Israel, Nachkanazim, and we use lettuce. I don't know. Whatever. I make sure at some point or another in the seder, maybe not when I'm making the bracha that I 
get a yeah. snot and cry a little bit, right? Because to feel that kind of intensity, right, that actually makes you, you know, there's something about a bitterness that breaks through your ability to hold it down that needs to be tasted. Mm-hmm. That, yes, we forget. I believe so. Because in the same way that, that women most at least don't truly remember the pain of childbirth or right. something, say they would never really do it again, you know, um, I don't think you can hold that kind of bitterness unless it's mm-hmm. immediate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and maybe maybe like for example, I, on Twitter I critiqued today uh, the foreign minister Yair Lapid for correctly identifying that uh, there are atrocities happening in the Russia-Ukraine war, but at the same time neglecting that that our soldiers and our police officers are facing a war in the streets here in, in Ramadan, Jerusalem. Uh, and and I'm I'm like I'm like why are you even commentating? Well, in fairness, he's the foreign minister. Still, like if he was talking about what's happening in the streets, you'd ask him, you know, stay in your lane. Yeah, foreign ministers don't have to comment on foreign affairs. It's, no, uh, foreign ministers have to say means, anything, but right. the fact that he wasn't talking about the other. Right. But uh, my point to you is, is that is that. Uh, but he was the mouthpiece of the whole government in that oh, but moment. But you know why he's saying is because there's a game of public perception where people are currying points all over the world. You know, the Jews always got to be part of the game, and we're and, that, that, that I didn't and, get to tell you. That's my explanation of what why the Jews wanted to go to the party. Oh, with, they're like, like you see, we're also everybody else is there. But that's the oh, that's the stinger of uh, of um, the fact that you know, and the sages frame the whole story by saying that it was the vessels of the temple that 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 party was you know partaking of. Right, it's not there in the shot, and even there's good reasons to say that it couldn't have happened that way. But, right, but. But they frame the whole thing because then it's like, and I'm so desirous to be seen also at the party that I'm willing to drink from the cup of my own misery and laugh right. about it <laughs> and have a good time. Yeah, have a good time. That's funny. Here's my misery. That's funny. Have a good time. Um, so I, my take on Pesach Matzah Maror was like this. I thought to myself, this is actually uh, this is actually a parable for life. Ooh. Pesach means that God skipped over the 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 Jews and he struck the bad guys. At the end of this world, God God decides who lives, who dies. What he True. is, his whole world he created. It's his choice. So so Pesach means like he chose. It's his world. Yep. He did it. And Matzah means now that he you accept the fact that he did it, you still have to do your thing. Here's your story, right? Which is make your matzah, and then you could say, Man, finally, gotta eat bread. Right, you got to do your thing. Like just you could say, well, you created the world, so right. you take care of everything. Gotta eat no, you, you, he created the world, yes, and now, now you got to do work. your thing, get your work, and then you could be like, but why are there all these stumbling blocks constantly? Like you created the world, you want me to work, but it's so bitter. But it's so bitter out there, and God's like, yeah, yep. that's life. Get going. Thanks, okay? you Jew. Pesach, I made it. <laughs> yes, that's life. Get going. Get going. Oh, that's your parable for life. <laughs> Pesach, <laughs> Pesach, God decides. Matzah, do your thing. Maror, that's the way it is. And keep going. And okay? keep going. But what lies at the end of it? That's, but that's if you remember, that's the Pesach is the beginning of all things. It's 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 the Big Bang. Right. Okay. And and what lies in is the great promise, and the great thing, and also first principles, which is God created the world, and and we're here to honor Him to and to serve Him. And if we do a good job, then we did our thing. Yeah, we did it right, and redemption will come. Right, redemption will come, but it's not a self-serving redemption. Even that self-serving. There is no that, such thing. Well, you could say I'm being redeemed. I, I who's would, who's really being redeemed? I here? would say that it's a, a misusage of the word, and that's part of our problem. Is that the the, the personalization of redemption? Right, <laughs> like 
it goes along with the religion of one that that is you the, mean my judaism well no it's the cult of western culture i mean it's a jews are exact in that case just like everybody else only more so as we know right, right? um but it is the cult of one that dominates our culture right, right. like i'm gonna put in my ear pods so i can have my soundtrack i'll be looking at my screen so i can get my special feed and the truth of the matter is i'm going to move about in my little lane and not have to touch any of you right right and and, and i'll justify it because it's right. right and true and good and just and you better watch my rights buddy stay off my rights right you know uh so so in in that sense there the co-opting of redemption to apply to that is a big mistake because redemption like you're speaking about first principles is speaking about the bria speaking about the creation as a whole like let's not lose first principles in the fact that our whole assertion is that this is one thing right that's the pesach well matzah matzah being just water and flour back to first principles we can i don't know if pesach is so much about the one although it's a certain angle on it but just i'm as long as you're touching the first principles that's that's the piece is that the redemption never comes even our national redemption which was nominally bad news for the egyptians you know and 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 good news for the jews right ultimately was for the world mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right and and that's the third piece you said which is that and then we better just know that it ain't gonna be an easy road right to get from here to there finally uh on, on the missional level there's also this thing called the fikoman which is a kind of Roman dish. You did that on purpose. Why? A fikoman. What? A fikoman. A fikoman. A fikoman. Right? Why is what? it not the afikoman? Because the because one of the explanations in the Mishnah, or at least in the in the Kahati, there is that it's a fikoman, which is bring the food, which is like uh, dessert, bring please. the dessert. <laughs> dessert, please. And basically, you're not supposed to eat dessert. The dessert's got to be the, the korban pesach. Ends, right. There is no after meal. Yeah. And so we are not supposed to eat the fikuman. There is no fikuman. Mm-hmm. But I but with time, that last meal has been called the afikuman. It's like Because we don't have the Corbin Pesach. Right. So no, but the matzah that you eat is 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 to be supposed to be I understand. But the, what what happens, like you're putting out, the Mishnah says there should be no afikuman. Right. Right? Why? Because what's what taste is supposed to be left in your mouth? The the Corbin Pesach tastes like freedom, right? right? Um, it, but we don't have it, <clears throat> so th- that's the chokhmah of of the seder there. Right, it leaves a very different taste in your mouth. Right. Now check this out. You're supposed to so so my a little our little joke in our house is that there's two superheroes, uh, the man and woman superheroes on Pesach. There's the Afiko man. And there's the matzah bride. Okay, oh. that's the two. That's the two uh, heroes. That's a little joke we have in our house. Um, my kids are too old for me to introduce that. They'll oh just yeah, okay. Roll their eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll roll. They'll definitely roll their eyes. But in our house, it's already like a. It's a uh, thing. I was saying they're too it's old. Right, joke. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's the the afikoman. Um, there's only two commandments that you're that if you do not do these two positive commandments, you get spiritual cutting off karet, and that is excision. Ex, ex what? Excision. 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 That's right. So that's bad. Yeah, uh, yeah. And we and what's funny is that like majority of Jewish males do the first one, which is circumcision. And a absolute zero of Jewish males do the second one, which, which is Korban, Korban Pesach. Pesach. Isn't that funny? Yeah. It's like the two, these are the two mainstays. Like, don't miss these two. One we all do, one none of us do. So go back to redemption because one is the personal covenant uh-huh. and the other is the national covenant. Uh-huh. 
right? And and that has been the state of the situation since we've been in exile for two thousand years, which on that level we certainly still are, because you know you want to prove it. We're still in exile. You try to take a lamb up onto the Temple Mount in the next week and a half, and you will see war. Right. <laughs> um, they you probably get within a few hundred yards of there, and you'll get tackled. You and the sheep, but um, but that's because redemption only happens as a whole. But that covenant is an expression of the redeemed state, as opposed to the covenant in the flesh, which is the commitment to bringing it about on the individual level. Because you know, there's only individuals really when it comes to actually putting things forward. You know, the spirit of the nation can rise from amongst us, but there's no giant afikoman, <laughs> you know, acting of all us together so there has to be that otherwise nothing happens it has to be that individual but the expression the redemptive expression is the national covenant well you said that that there would be world war three now uh, and there is a, not world war three but there is a uh pitched battle happening at Sharshchem, uh the damascus gate in 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 the english arabic type of translate the people don't know this but uh, the reason these gates are called by the city names is because they face north. This one faces north. And for the Jews, the important northern city is Shechem, Shechem. And for the Arabs, it's Damascus, both, by the way, biblical cities. Um, and uh, every night, <clears throat> no, not every night, starting last night, the first night of Ramadan, there was uh, great tension in the air. By the way, a little trick in the Middle East is that I love to run, or I used to jog exactly during sunset times on the Ramadan through the Arab neighborhoods just to learn them because all the Arabs are inside their homes and and eating. Uh, they haven't eaten all day. So too with driving last night, I drove it out of Hebron at like 7.10 exactly during sunset and it was just like, you know, Quiet. the road was just clear. Uh, but but later on to, later on last night, there was uh, quite a pitch battle between Israeli police and Israeli border police and, uh, and uh, rowdy pro-Palestine. I, I can't call them I can't call them Palestinian because they're actually Israeli Arabs by status, but they are certainly self-identified as Palestinian or pro-Palestinian Israeli Jerusalem Arabs. It's also it's not also exactly correct to call them Israeli Arabs either because right. they have a middle status, which is Israel, Jer- Jerusalem residency, Israeli residency. But uh, but at the same time, that residency is worth a lot in the Arab world because you get a lot of protections, a lot of rights with that with that Israeli residency. Uh, but we saw some really horrible images that that could have easily led to. Um, to very serious injury of the police, and you saw a very mild police response, uh, one that police officers tell me all the time uh, they are afraid to respond because they might get hauled into court, etc. cetera. Uh, and it's the month of Ramadan, right on the tail of, of 11 murders and many other, uh, many other attacks. Uh, and so the state of Israel uh, is, the Jewish part of the state of Israel, uh, is definitely... Um, playing defense right now and you said you know if the state of israel would try to if the jews would try to bring Take up a, a lamb. pascal lamb uh, it's not going to happen it would, it would you know it would cause escalation of, of tension uh, but that's only if it was in very mild force but if it was in full force uh there might also be there might be an, and i just want to make this 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 point heard on the show which is there would be acceptance if it was if it was in clarity and in and in and in. I mean, only after massive conflict. We've let the situation go so long. Right. That if we if we tried to assert our rights now, then we need to be prepared to do it in the face of 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 escalating conflict. Well, in simple terms, we're well, not in simple terms, in complex terms, we've actually like you know allowed ourselves to fall into a certain dehimitude on on the Temple Mount and and in these places, and um, you know it's it's a it's it's a. Um, 
on on the one hand, the 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 Islamic world right now has some quote unquote prophecies that Israel. It's really like mathematical calculations that Israel will be destroyed in twenty twenty two. And 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 you shrugged your shoulders just now. Well, right? because as, as sorry, I, I knew it wasn't verbal, but like as Jews, I'm just going to warn you: like, be careful with your uh, your mathematical calculations about where your enemies will fall and, <laughs> and redemption will come. Like, like you think that that the, the the 18 blessings have 19, and that's confusing. <laughs> like, we could talk Mashiach math right. if you like. Right. Well, that's that's Mahdi math. Right. Whatever. I'm yeah. just kind of scoffing at it. It's like right. we may be on the defensive, and what's happening now is shameful. And so let's just call it what it is in my eyes. It's, it's, it's shameful. And as you said when we were speaking before the show, it's going to lead to more pain and suffering for everyone. Meaning, like, that no one other than the forces of chaos is interested served by actually a soft response to what's happening right now. Right. Right. Uh, but that's the posture we're taking, and and God should send us leaders to to turn us around in many ways. Mm-hmm. But um. Yeah, to to turn back the clock on that right now, right, would be a decision of a different order, right. And 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 yet, one way or another, at some point, this clock is going to have to turn. It's you are going to have to until the spring or the spring will sprung. You know, yeah, something's going to go yeah. boing. As, as I've said to to my friends, I said to them, there's 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 a there's out there in the streets, there's a uh, yearning for a bloodletting, uh, and that's 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 it's going to happen one way or another, and it can happen to one party or the other. Both would satisfy something, you know, except that if there would be Jewish bloodletting, then they would want more. And if you, I just, my mother forwarded me an ISIS video just made today talking to- Your mom's on ISIS's mail list? Uh, she might be. My mom is, a, <laughs> she's very wily and she uh, she follows a lot of stuff. And she Broad-minded sent me, too. Huh? Broad-minded Yeah, she's well. broad-minded. I, I don't think she's an ISIS convert. I think she was uh, actually, you know, Da Tal Yev. No Da Enemy. Uh, but she sent me, you know, and it was a it was a Daesh ISIS video in Hebrew. If anyone's ever wondering how Yishai became who he is, yeah. think about the fact that his mom sent him a Daesh video. Yeah, today. she sent me a Daesh video to watch it, <laughs> and and it was, you know, it was meant to be blood curdling and chilling. That's their. That's their, <laughs> that's their brand. That's their brand. That's yeah. Blood curdling and chilling. We do yeah. blood curdling and chilling. Yes. Yeah, but it was done in. in How about a guy with a British room? accent cutting people's heads off? Yeah. Oh yes. That that would work. That would work. Right. Remember those like yeah, lighting the with the, the guy people on fire. Yeah, ooh, so man, ooh. man, man. So those those guys are back a little bit. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean? you know. That those guys are, are back. Call to come back. They've been here for that. They've been here before. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's a good usage of that. Um and um. What can I say? We 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 live in the best of times. We live in the worst of times. It's it's uh, it, you know Israel is a redemptive uh, uh, event, um, and it's an ev- a redemptive trajectory, uh, but with a, with some serious retrograde, uh, some some serious. We we definitely have lost ground literally, and 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 I and and the worst part about it, I want to tell you what really is bothering me lately. Mm, let it out. What's what's really bothering me lately is actually I'm jealous of the Ukrainians because I look at the Ukrainians and I see that not good that for you to be jealous of Ukrainians. I All see the cinema shuddering in their graves. Right I now. see that they are united in their battle. Ah, I see that they're united in their battle, and even the the regular Ukrainian citizens. Now they could, by the way, have turned. They could have said Zelensky, you dope. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Zelensky, for sure. You, it could have fallen you, apart. You dope. What I'm did you sure do? I'm sure that Putin was hoping it would. Right, and and, and I, you, we, we, we could have avoided this war altogether. You could have just in the that. Or just, the other just thing, you yeah. knew you were living next to a bear, right. so all you had to do was say, "Yeah, we're neutral. Don't worry about don't it." You know what I mean? Bear. It's don't like poke the, the bear. Don't poke the bear. Rule of the woods. Right. Don't do not poke the bear. And I could have been like, I, I could have been a Jewish dissident type being like, listen, you dope. We don't need this at all, okay? Yep. But 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 since, and maybe there was that, but since since the the Russian aggression, 
it's it's clear that the Ukrainians are fighting as a united fighting force on many different fronts, uh, including some some you know of their own war crimes, which will come out also. And the Russian war crimes are coming out today as we speak. Oh yeah, yeah, it's bad stuff. But like for example, there were some soldiers that like defected from the Russian side, and they came to the Ukrainians. They fed them, but they poisoned them, and like five of them died, and all kinds of really bad stuff, ugly stuff. The whole thing is ugly. Guess what? It's a Slavic war. Ta da! Yeah, you don't right? have to tell the Jews about how ugly it gets yeah, when I, the soil of Ukraine starts to absorb blood. Right. I, I don't even want, and I'm not. I'm not even like. I'm. I'm staying out of it. I'm. I'm only saying the reason I'm saying this is the one thing is I realize is that like wow, they are united in battle. Mm, I hear that. And and I and I know how not united in battle we are, and I know how many. And the Israeli side are either tacitly or actively, passively or actively, engaged in what I would understand as anti-Israelism. They may, may not. Well, I think it's important that there's two levels of problem. It's not just a problem of not being united. It's also a problem of even believing that we're in battle. Right. And in many ways, that's what divides us, is that, that large parts of our culture here and certainly abroad would prefer to believe we're not at battle. Whereas I'm, you know, sending off my daughter to pre-army academy as I see her friends already enlisting. I'm looking around. I'm like, right, we're people at war. You can say that it's a just war. You can say it's a not just war. You can tell me. But, but, but that, I think, is what makes it different even from a generation ago mm-hmm. is that there is this desire to believe we're not living with war. Mm-hmm. And, and I think part of that is because we lack a leadership that's able to offer a viable vision of what victory would look like. Mm-hmm. And there's only so long you can fight a hundred years war. Don't, right. don't ask how long. Right. Right. So, so, so I think that it's not just that we're not united in battle. It's part of what divides us is so many people believe that we're not even right. fighting. And if you, if you, by the way, know the geography of Israel, if you ever go to Tel Aviv and you just realize this is a really chill Euro New York type of place, Mediterranean, yeah, big city. Yeah, and you and you turn around and you see where Judea and Samaria is, and you see it's in the foggy distance, and in the hazy distance, and you're like, as we say in Hebrew, Me'ever yeah, it's, it's behind it's, the hills of darkness. Yeah, it's, it's just over there. Yeah, it's like, and way who needs way. that? Who needs way that? Way, yeah, right. And 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 Jews are not good at thinking of strategic depth. Of land, there's just they just don't think they. Well, they I mean, actually, oddly enough, I think that it's a, an adaptive strategy that has worked well for us for the last two thousand years. Sure, no strategic death, we pick up and move. Right, <laughs> you know, which is what we used to call derisively the wandering Jew or a galuti. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. galuti thinking. Yeah, 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 but today you say galuti, they're like, well, well that's not know. that's not really a bad whatever, word. Whatever is works, it? you know. Yeah, whatever works exactly. <laughs> so whatever works is to keep pushing ahead. The Jewish story continues. That also works. Uh, you have another show here on the network, on the Land of Israel network, called, called the, Jewish, enough, the Jewish, the story. Jewish story, and it continues as well. Uh, you're getting into Lebanon now. Right. I'm getting in. I don't know how long to get out. It took Israel it, it, like, you isn't know, that twenty the years. Case with Lebanon. It's right. not going to take me quite that long, but it's already panning out in front of me. Right. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So follow that at uh, jewishstory.co and rovmike.com. And also your spiritual counseling can be found there as well. A lot of people benefit from that. So check that out as well, uh, including your uh, recent interview with uh, Ambassador the great David Friedman. Ambassador David Friedman. That's very exciting. Told a story that he never told ever before. So if you want to hear it, there's only one place. Okay, great. Okay, great. And, and more great stuff is here on the network. Uh, and I want to thank uh, really the Land of Israel Network, Ari and Jeremy. They have a big success right now. God bless them. Uh, of a, a big campaign uh, to, ra- to ma- raise matching funds that they're going to get also from the JNF and from Mizrahi to build up the farm. And that's a very exciting project. Uh, so check that out at the fellowship and at the, the, the other 
their their stuff at the Land of Israel Network and the other shows as well. I also want to thank the good folks at JewishPress.com for getting out the show every single week. Uh, and here, JNS, thank you for hosting us in the studios and will soon be part of the JNS family as well. So that's really great, JNS.org. Uh, and I want to thank the Jewish community of Hebron for, for protecting uh, the community, which protects the Tomb of the Forefathers and Mothers and allows access even in this a tricky time, still continuous tours and visitors and young people getting toured, including your daughter. Yep, recently uh, there with her pre-Army Academy. That's right, and and had a great time, right? Had a moving time. She, well, she organized the whole week. This was part of her giving other people. That's awesome. Time. That's exactly how you do leadership. That's exactly it. Uh, and also our good friends at Prohibition Pickle. Uh, wait, so the, the, the Hebron is hebronfund.org, hebronfund.org. Please support, and when you support that, you support the whole story of the state of Israel, the Jewish people's return to the land of Israel, and following the ways, the, the, the path of the forefathers and mothers, hebronfund.org. Uh, if you want to support this show, we appreciate it, and we, we've gotten some great support recently, and that's found at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Yishai. Really appreciate that, buymeacoffee.com forward slash Yishai. That's awesome, uh, and your your uh, your coffees are appreciated. Uh, and, of course, also YishaiFleischer.com and the donate button there for the bigger projects, including beautification, renovation in Hebron, uh, the, the Seven Cities Highway, which Rev Mike is also working with me on, many more good things to strengthen the narrative and the land of Israel. So, Rav Mike Foyer, thanks so much for coming back. Happy Pesach. Maybe we'll have you on again, hopefully. Always a pleasure. I look forward to it. Chag Sameach. I meant before Pesach, I meant. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not, not yeah. in general, in general for sure. Uh, more great stuff is on the way. Stay tuned. Stay calm, right? And keep keep doing Pesach Matz and Maro. Speaking of that, thank you to Ben Bresky, Moshe Herman, Tabitha, Yocheved, and Lou for getting the show out to the world. Lots of love to you guys as well. Write me an email, yishaiyishaifleischer.com. Stay tuned, stay strong, stay connected. Lots of love and lots of blessings from the land of blessings. And shalom. All right, folks, you are listening to the Ishai Fleischer Show. Thank you so much for being with me, and thank you to Maka Fleischer. Thank you so much. What well, a great show, Ishai. Yeah, it is a great so show. So nice to have Rabbi Mike back. It is nice to have him back. It's nice to have you, as always, Malka, uh, and, and good luck with all your Pesach cleaning. Thank you, Amen. Uh, to, to all the Jewish people, all the great people around the world. I want to thank uh, JNS Media uh, for, for uh, partnering with us for the show. I want to thank JewishPress.com for putting out the show and getting it out to the world. Uh, great news, news uh, outlets. I want to thank the good folks at Prohibition Pickle for making great Prohibition Pickle, okay? For making great uh, uh, everything Ashkenazi, awesome revival food for your Shabbat. They're soon yes, going to have an awesome website. Yes, and if you want to order like a nice kiddish plata yeah. for somebody that you love, someone you care about, you want to like send them a nice like Shabbos treat, that's the way to go. Truth is, is that uh, he's going to be, uh, Chaim is going to be making a, a package for when you come and you stay in Israel at a hotel or something like That's that. That's awesome. And he's just going to bring you Shabbos with candles and everything <gasps> in a box. Sha- I love yeah, that it's gonna, idea. It's going to be the Shabbox. It's going to be the Shabbox. Shabbox? Yeah, it's going to be the, the, the Shabbat in a box. Um, so that's going to be next to Prohibition Pickle, and their website's coming up soon. Uh, but in the meantime, check them out on Instagram and also on Facebook. And furthermore, um, thank you to the Jewish community of Hebron <clears throat> for staying strong. And helping me uh, do my thing in this world. T-H-A-N-G. Uh, that, that's right. And keeping the forefathers and mothers safe and therefore the Jewish community the Jewish community strong, the forefathers and mothers safe, and you welcome to visit it at any time. So thank you to all those great partners. Thank you to the Land of Israel Network. Ari and Jeremy's amazing 
uh, leadership and the creation of, of an awesome network. Check out their fellowship as well. Check out the other shows at the Land of Israel Network. Thank you finally to Hashem, God Almighty, for the opportunity to connect with you. You guys, you guys are the blessings. When you send blessings uh, through, th- when you send blessings to Land of Israel, we're all blessed, and we send you those blessings right back. So blessings from the Land of Blessings, indeed. Uh, that's it, Malka. Time to go. Yes. So Have give, a great day. Give everybody koach out there to clean their house. Yes, Hashem should be with you. And every once in a while, you I bet you, you're going to run into some huge, horrible piece of chametz. And you're going to be like, oh, no. But no, 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 no. That is the wrong answer. It's oh, yeah. That's right. Because Hashem could have just not shown you that piece of chametz. It could have just stayed there hidden. But instead, he's like, here it is. Take it out. It's and like for, a free gift. And for our beloved Gentile listeners... You don't have to clean your house for Passover, but keep it in mind that this is the time that the, the Jews are separating, uh, are, are celebrating Passover and have your own relationship. It's a really a miraculous time for the whole world. I right. mean, the, the Passover story is our story. It is the Jewish story, and it's really not the story of other nations, but it is a story that has inspired the world. Uh, we, ha- we, we ate with guests last uh, week. Uh, I, ta- I talked about house. it with Rev Mike, yeah. Right, who we're talking about that the, the story of Passover inspires them and their whole community. Absolutely. Um, and, and throughout history. So let's talk and about... So, and so, yeah, like let it in. Let the, let the Passover story in. And, and God is big and God is great. And if this story touched your heart, uh, you don't have to say, well, I'm not Jewish and therefore, you know, this is not my story. If Hashem brought you this story and you... And, and it speaks to you, that means that it was meant to speak to you. And that's, and that's, uh, that's meant to be your inspiration. Yeah, so everybody put on, put on the Prince of Egypt, put on the Ten Commandments. Malka loves the Ten Commandments. This There's house. also this other movie that's like a animated type film of the Ten Commandments. Also oh, what's that movie. called? That's also called the Ten Commandments. I think it's also called the... Yeah, but it's, like it's a like more like a computery animation and it's a great, great uh, video. And so, so yeah, put those on in the background while you're cleaning the house and getting ready for Passover. And uh, and all of our Gentile friends, yes, talk about liberation, getting closer to God, freeing yourselves from slavery. Uh, not to mention that there's not a little bit of of, of stuff that we've learned uh, from the Gentile world about how to liberate yourself from from all kinds of slaveries out there, including addictions and all kinds of right. stuff. But really, this is the story that the Jewish people brought to the world that Hashem had us bring to the world. That's right. Um, and the Passover Seder is uniquely for Jews. Um, but it is a but is a story and experience that can speak to everyone, and um, and we hope it speaks to you. And and if you're a Jewish person listening to this show, then it really, really should speak to you. This is the story of you. This is the story of your family. And this is we're supposed to remember that the that the that the exodus from Egypt happened to us. Write me an email, folks. Yishai, yishaifleischer.com. I gotta get to work. I gotta run out of here. Gotta run to Hebron right now. So uh, wish me safety and success. God bless you folks wherever you are. Stay tuned, stay strong, stay connected. Shabbat shalom and lots of love from the land of Israel. Join the Jewish story with Rav Mike Foyer for an exclusive interview with former United States Ambassador to Israel, David Friedman. Hear what Ambassador Friedman thinks about terrorism, Donald Trump, and the Abraham Accords. I don't think I've ever told this story before. The end of 2011, I went to see a rabbi. He was visiting from Jerusalem. He had a reputation of being a makubal. The question I wanted to ask him was, I'm living here now on Long Island. Life is good here. 
business is good, but I really think that I belong in Israel. What do you think? And he said, go in five years. And I said to him, yeah, but in five years, you know, I'll be 58. Should I really give up the five years? He says, stay in America, keep doing your work, and I guarantee you in five years, you'll have a lot of things to do in Israel. That's the Jewish story on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com.